Hey guys, it's John from the SNL Nerds. I just wanted to pop in uh, before we start this episode uh, to let you know that uh, the story about Ed Sheeran, uh, unfortunately getting uh, diagnosed with COVID, uh, that did not break until about 15 minutes after we recorded this episode. So uh, we ended up a little out of date. Uh, SNL is, of course, uh, scrambling to find a new musical guest in time for the November 6th show. I'm sure they'll find somebody cool. Uh, I understand Ed Sheeran offered to guest via remote, but SNL doesn't do that. They want somebody live in the studio. So that's all we know right now. So uh, if you're wondering why we didn't comment on it, that's why. We didn't know yet. So enjoy the episode. Thanks. Today from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Hey, Darren! Hey, John, how you doing on this fine fall afternoon? It is a fine fall afternoon, and, and it's an exciting week here at the SNL Nerds, because we, we've got an SNL alumni hosting, alumnus hosting. That's the, thing, the singular of that word. Is it alumnus or alumni? Or, or, it's alumnus if it's singular, it's alumni if it's plural. If more than one SNL alum came back to host. So it's not alumni? No. If we Got were it. British, it would be alumini. So, Whoa. Yeah. Well, well traveled, sir. Look at you, but knowing a, British stuff. That, that is not a British thing. That is. Is it not? Oh. That is that is a thing I just made up about how British people say the word. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought this is how dumb I am. I really thought that I was like, oh, he must know some British shit. He's he, he's whipping out all this British land. That I, I don't, if you silly... say your lies with conviction, they become much more believable. This is a thing that I have discovered. That's how we got our last president. So uh, yeah. I re- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember, uh, here's a little quick true story from my life. Um, uh, a couple day jobs ago, uh, I think one time I w- I was like, oh yeah, I, I killed a guy once. You know, we were just sitting around BSing and, you know, one of my coworkers just went, oh yeah, sure, John. And I just said, without breaking character, without wavering at all, I just was like, oh, it was part of a scavenger hunt. And then they said, wait, what, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, details like make your lives more convincing. Yeah, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Exactly, exactly. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow, oh, okay. Uh, so this, hmm. is, uh, this is a dark turn for the beginning of the <laughs> we, podcast. Um, we start off the episode with the homicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we do. As we as want to do. As is our tradition. Uh, right. 158 dead people in counting. That's right. We still, we start with our our sacrifice as always, <laughs> the ritual <laughs> sacrifice, so that the gods are appeased, and then we can move on to the podcast. Yes, the algorithm gods have you ha- have you been appeased, Almighty Lords? <laughs> Command <laughs> me, Lord. As as we were trying to say, this is an exciting week because we had SNL alum Jason Sudeikis coming back to host the show with musical guests. Brandy Carlisle. Uh, this is uh, season forty-seven, episode four, from October twenty-third, twenty twenty-one. Indeed, I mean, people have been clamoring and chomping at the bit for Mister Sudeikis to come back and host. 
Um, and I think it's one of those things where, I mean, he, we'll talk about, but he says it in the monologue about how, like, he's talked to new cast members and they say, mm-hmm. oh, you know, Jason, what, like, how do I get Lauren to notice me? How do I get Lauren's attention and approval? And he said, well, you know, th- you could always win an Emmy or, yeah. you know, or win, t- or win two. And I know part of me thinks there might be a little bit something to that because, I mean, like, after Sue Jacobs was on SNL, like, he was in some movies here and there, you know, Horrible Bosses mm-hmm. and whatnot. But, like, I don't think he was in anything super high-profile. Maybe not high-profile enough to come back and host. But then, of course, mm-hmm. Ted Lasso came out and took off. And, like, yeah. I think after that happened, then Lauren was like, oh, we should have Sudeikis back on. So, like, a yeah. mistake. Well, I mean, I, I – yeah, I think definitely when the first season of Ted Lasso hit, it was a foregone conclusion that Jason would come back and host – and I understand that that was, of course, all set before the Emmy Awards. It wasn't announced until after. But yeah, but it's really nice. It's always nice to uh, see an SNL alum. You know, one of the like the hometown boys made good. Right. And, you know, it's, the it's prodigal nice son. Come, yeah, it's nice to see them come back and revisit their old characters and and see them mesh with the new cast. It's always fun to see the cast members mixing. You know? Right, I mean, and it's always good when a like a former cast member or writer, you know, in the case of Mulaney or Tina Fey, when they come mm-hmm. back and host the show because they know how it works. They know the, they probably know some of the same people that have that are still there, like in wardrobe or in the crew or whatever. Sure. So there's a comfortability that they have when when they get there. So they're able to be a little bit more looser with their performances. And if they're more comfortable and they're more loose, then the then the cast is more comfortable and they're more loose. And that usually makes for a better show. Yeah, it usually is a good show when they have a former cast member come back and host. So, I mean, we had high hopes for this one uh, ever since they announced that. We were, I think we were, we were just like, man, can we just skip ahead to episode four already? Wow. <laughs> Out of the way, Kardashian. I want to get to that Sudeikis. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is, this is the wonderful dessert that we get for eating the broccoli that was the Kim Kardashian episode. Yeah, oh, no, I kind of like broccoli. We got to go with a vegetable that's even worse, like like okra. Uh, I have not had much of okra. I always hated no. Brussels sprouts. So uh, depending Brussels on sprouts. how you cook it, it can be pretty tasty. I've heard maybe. that. I've heard that. I think I, I maybe I haven't had them prepared right. I, oh, I, I got it. Uh, better fried, but yeah, I got it. Uh, asparagus. Asparagus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. So make your feet smell funny. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, that's. That's the main takeaway from asparagus. Makes your pee and, and for Kim Kardashian West, I found. Yeah, she makes your pee smell funny too. Is that a <laughs> Yes. Oh well, well, lost Kanye about that. But yes, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, Kim Kardashian, asparagus, uh, Jason Sudeikis, a uh, beautiful uh, three-layer chocolate cake with a uh, side yes. of ice cream. Yes. Mm. There you go, and a nom, little nom, nom. cream on top. Ooh, and the cherry. Yep. So, uh, yeah, should, I mean, this was good. We made a few predictions, uh, last week and I think we did pretty well with our predictions for this show as well. Oh, yeah. Find oh, out we got bingo we go along. I, yeah. you know, <laughs> over the course of this episode, I tweeted out, called it three times. So I'm feeling pretty damn smug. Yeah. So at this point, it's obvious that the writers and the cast listen to this podcast. I think we're all in agreement. It's, we have, we have the ear to SNL folks. Sure, sure. Right? Yeah, it's right. not that we made good guesses. It's that, yeah, they were. No. 
<laughs> I like, choose to listen to the SNL nerds and find out what we should do because yes. we have no ideas for Jason Sudeikis. I choose to believe Streeter Seidel and the whole crew listen to this podcast. What's wrong with that? Hi, Streeter. Well, you know, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Let me have my delusion, John. I will. I will. Uh, so should we dive in? Let's dive in. All right. So starting out the show, we had uh, Ghost of Biden Past, Cold Open. Uh, this with new uh, cast member James Alston Johnson as Joe Biden, who's, you know, maybe a bit more beleaguered these days. His approval ratings going down a bit. Um, mm. Had Chloe as press secretary, uh, Jen. Uh, Saki. Saki. Yeah, I was blanking on the pronunciation of her name. Right. Uh, I mean, I just remember... Th- I just remember that because I think at one point, like whenever she gives the facts in one of her press brief- briefings, they call them, people call them uh, Saki Bombs. Nice. So. Nice. I love her. I've watched a few of her press conferences and man, she is, she is just so good. She's the good stuff. I, I love her. Love her. She doesn't take any uh, crap. Doesn't take any guff. Yeah. So yeah, so Biden's having a tough time of it. His poll numbers are down. He he just goes, "I miss the old me," and I think the audience even started clapping in anticipation because they knew it was coming. Yeah, and uh, and also we should also mention uh, James Austin Johnson fourth cold open he's been in. He just got here. That's unprecedented. He feels so established in the show at this point, and I mean it's just great to see. Yeah, I mean I think the show maybe realized that. I mean, they have. I know they have a good a number of uh, female um, inter- impressionists. Uh, impressionists, but then they probably realize, hey, we don't. As far as male impressions go, we don't have a lot, so we gotta we gotta get somebody. And they got right. James, and like they they've been putting him to work. So yeah, someone who's where the impressions are their main thing. You know, like like a Daryl Hammond. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but he so Joe Biden says, "I miss the old me," and then you know. Who who do we have come through the door? But uh, Jason Sudeikis, our old buddy, our old TV pal, as old Biden. He's uh, the ghost of Biden past from 2013 when he was still VP and America's wacky neighbor. Yeah, and I I like this sketch because in the sketch they don't even they don't even try try to explain how Joe Biden from the past time traveled to the future. <laughs> you just see a puff of smoke. And Joe Biden from 2013 just walks up to the door and be like, hey, hey, Joe. And like, that's yeah, it. I mean, yeah, that's all you need. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I don't yeah. care about the mechanics of it. It's not a time travel movie. It's a comedy sketch. Just <laughs> get him in there and, yeah, puff a smoke and do your business. Yeah, this ain't hot tub time machine. Just get out there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We can't, we can't get into the time travel complexities of a hot tub time machine. Thank you. You get it. Yeah, we well, just want to get to the funny. I mean, that was that was a big thing that I liked about this cold open was it didn't it didn't belabor the point the way so many cold opens do. We've gotten used to we've gotten a lot of seven eight minute cold opens. This was just like a tight four minutes in yeah. and out done four, boom yeah. four minutes thirty seconds. That is as soon as I saw that like how short it was, how mm-hmm. much they just they just trimmed the fat, just got to the meat of it. I was like. That that already put me in a good mood and put me in a good headspace for the rest of the show. I was like, it was it was a lean, mean comedy machine. It was yeah, good. It, uh, it's everything I've been saying on the podcast. It's just like, don't don't drag it out if you don't have anything to say. Just get in, do what you yeah. got to do, say what you got to say, get right out, give the time back to the other sketches 
where they're more fleshed out. Done. Yeah, and this and it was also cool because it, it really just Biden's Biden or uh, Sudeikis's Biden impression really fit the narrative that they were doing, which was that you know Biden back in his VP days was like you know this carefree, happy go lucky guy. And, you know, the, the, the Biden of today, he's an older guy. He's dealing with heavier stuff. So, right. Uh, it, it's he's having a tougher time of it. Yeah. And they also had uh, Alex Moffat come out for a few seconds as uh, another uh, when he comes through the door as Biden, as a third Biden. Right. The both of them look at him and saying, oh, who are you? Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. Joe, I'm, I'm Joe Biden. I'm you guys. It's like from when? You know, March 2021. <laughs> And there was just this weird, awkward pause where they were just like, who, who are you again? Yeah. That was yeah. kind of funny. I, I really loved that. I loved that they had Alex Moffat in there. And I, I thought, you know, what a good sport for him to do that. Because, you know, the joke was basically that his impression of Biden didn't catch on. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think, I think Alex Moffat knew that, like, he tried to crack that nut of the Biden mm-hmm. impression, which is a tough nut to crack. Like, you know, it we've is. talked there's, about there's it not a whole lot to hook on, you know. Right, but I think even I think even Moffat admits, yeah, the, the new kid does it better than I do. So just let me yeah. know. So, yeah. but it was it was fun of him to like be able to acknowledge that and just kind of poke fun at himself. Yeah, I mean, hopefully there's no hard feelings. I always wonder what the dynamic of that is. You know, especially it seems to happen with the politicians a lot, where Lauren will switch somebody out, and you know, it's it's somebody that you're working alongside, but. At the, but you're also like competing with them for airtime or or maybe for specific characters or specific impressions. And mm. I guess you just can't really carry that stuff with you because it, yeah. it's just not productive. That way lies madness. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but I like this. I, I like to, I, I like that they didn't even mention the last guy's name when uh, uh, present day Biden was alluding to the stuff that <laughs> the, the last president did. Uh, Sudeikis Biden just goes, "Wow, Hillary got awesome." <laughs> it's like, no, it, it was. Uh, never mind. That I mean, yeah, that yeah. was a funny moment. I liked, I liked uh, past Biden's sniffing present day Biden's hair. Yeah, it smells his neck and gave him a back rub, which was yeah. That was that was, that was an interesting choice. Uh, and you know, uh, that was cool. I thought I thought it was a solid opening for the show. Yeah, it was solid opening. Um, didn't. Didn't, you know, fuss around with just kind of, you know, just saying whatever, you know, kind of like I'm doing right now. <laughs> it, it mm-hmm. just a uh, nice tight four minutes and 30 seconds in and out. Loved it. Let's moving yeah. on. Let's, let's do this. All right. And speaking of moving on, let's move on to the monologue with our host, Jason Sudeikis. Came out looking sharp in a, a suit and no tie. Uh, yeah. He's, he's quite the fashion uh, plate now. Yeah. Is, is it like a brown velvet suit or something like that? Was, yeah, yeah. Like in the long shot, it looked like it was all black, but then when we zoomed in a bit, I was like, "Oh, we, no, we got a little color there. Got a little color up in this joint." Yeah, the, yeah the he, chocolatey he brown. Like, he seems to like those velvety suits. They're good. I've heard. I think I remember watching like years ago on an episode of, um, I think, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. That's how mm-hmm. long ago it was. They, I think they said, "Oh, yeah, you know, if you wear, you know, velvet and stuff like that, it's." It's good to do that because it invites touch. So it's a good way for, you know, when you're out and about, like a woman, a beautiful woman or a beautiful man to come mm-hmm. up and, and maybe touch you. But it's not, it's like a Very way of tactile. Yes, exactly. It's their, it's their way of flirting with you, but without really flirting with you. We're like, ooh, this sure, jacket feels sure, lovely. Yeah. 
you know, so nice to have an excuse to lay hands on somebody. Indeed. Hey now. Well, um, yeah, he, he, they had some good lines in the monologue. I liked how he said, I'm hosting for my first and very last time. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that. I liked how we talked about SNL, how, you know, the first 25 years of a show, it ran, it was fueled by cocaine and adrenaline. Uh, mm-hmm. The next 15 years was fueled by Starbucks and unhealthy comparisons. Mm-hmm. And the last six years was fueled by Adderall and fear. That was good lines. Good lines all. Good lines. I like how he mentioned his uh, TV show, Ted Lasso, which somehow became a hit, which he doesn't understand because it has two things that Americans hate in it, uh, soccer and kindness. I mean, where's the lie? I mean, I mean. Yeah. I mean. And I really liked how he got sincere, like uh, like sincerely sincere at the end of the monologue, like more sincere than you see most hosts get. And he, he just said, like, look at this space. Look at all the brilliance that's happened here. Uh, and then he you know mentioned some some great names from SNL history. And then he like walks over to the the area where the musical guests play. And he's just like. You know all the all these great people. I love that he mentioned Elvis Costello, who I'm seeing in concert tomorrow night. Yay! Ooh. Ooh. Um, actually, by the time you're listening to this, I'm probably watching uh, Elvis Costello in concert. So, wow. so just know that, guys. That. Yeah. Um, uh, and and he said this place changed my life twice because you know he was he started as a writer and then as an actor. Uh, but he said you know that was one time, and then it changed my life as a viewer. And if you have watched this show, it's probably changed your life too. Yeah, that whole yeah. thing that whole thing was really beautiful. Like it didn't feel scripted too. Like it just sounded it just sounded mm-hmm. like he was honestly, earnestly talking about how much SNL means to him and also mm-hmm. how it how much it means to all us fans who who watch it uh nightly. I don't I, I have noticed this. Whenever I see Jason Sudeikis in um in interviews and whatnot, he's a very good speaker. He's like a really good mm-hmm. orator. He's able to connect to the audience, and you know, you see that in uh, Ted Lasso too when he gives speeches to uh, the members of the of the soccer team. Like yeah, Sudeikis yeah. is really good at sort of like capturing people's attention, like really connecting with them and really getting to the heart of the matter, really tugging on their heartstrings and really you know pulling the emotions out of them. And it's, it's something like. Like it feels like if he were like a, if he actually went into being like a motivational speaker or even into politics, he would have been like really successful in either mm, one of those fields. Yeah. Like he he has that gift. Like whenever I hear him speak, I'm always like pretty captivated by it. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of earnestness and sincerity, and I I really like this. It really struck me, and I was just like, yeah, uh, you know, SNL. It has changed my life. And if it wasn't for SNL, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. That's or, right. Or uh, if if we were, I don't know what it would be about. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe SCTV. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we'd run through like however many seasons SCTV there were. I think like four, and then we'd just be like, oh, okay, uh, I guess we're done. <laughs> like, oh, we're talking about Count Floyd again. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, happy but, Halloween. Yeah, but I mean. Uh, uh, I, I thought this was good. I thought this, yeah, I was really impressed with it. And I think I think the monologues so far this season, they've all been really solid. So yeah. I think the writing on the monologues have, have improved. And it's nice of them to not see them 
go back to any of the old mainstays yet like you know oh i'm gonna sing a number i'm gonna do questions from the audience it's it's nice that they seem to be a little more geared towards who the hosts are as people That's yeah the cool that, thing. it's a good way to for the audience to get to know the person because a lot of times uh because like a lot of times i've noticed you always don't know who the host is like i know who rami malik mm-hmm. is but i'm sure there's a good chunk of America who have no idea who he is. I mean, yeah, I, know. I mean, he, he's not like a household name yet. Exactly. So it's and uh, or uh, even uh, like you know Reggae John Page. Or, well, no, he had people come out with him. But whenever they have like a, a host who they think, well, maybe people don't know who you are. So let's just have the have you come out. You know, talk about your background. Oh, Anya Taylor Joy. That was a, that's the other one I was thinking. Like, no, hmm. that a ton of people know who she is. But she just came out, talked about her background and like you know where she grew up and all that stuff in there. You, you know, it endears you to them and it gives you, yeah, a little, yeah. you know, you, you, and you want to see them do well. And like, I, I, I really enjoy that there's doing that model more than, you know, just like you said, Q&A or have a cast member come out and interact with them and whatnot. Yeah. And I, I like that he mentioned that he's had he's had two kids since he's left the show, like uh, Otis and Daisy. And then they we get a nice joke in there. And he's like, hey, I'm not sure how old they are. They're about like, yay, <laughs> I. yeah, uh-huh. some old timey names, Otis and Daisy. Yeah, but those are cool names. Yeah, I dig it. You don't see too many Otises. I want to see more Otises. In Otis, my man. <laughs> my man. <laughs> Wait, Animal House. Otis right? sees us. <laughs> oh, boy. I did, didn't see that coming. Love All it. right. So, uh, you so know, you're first... me. I'm <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You, you, of course, need a moment to sing. No, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um,. So our, our first sketch was Science Room. This is a recurring sketch. They've done this how many times? Like three, four times now? Uh, three times. Once on the Sam Rockwell episode, the infamous episode where he just uh, let an S-bomb fly out. One of the You words cannot you can't be this fucking stupid. Oh, did he say fucking or? or he said fucking. He, oh, I thought he said the S-word. All right. It was one nope. of the words you can't say. All right, my mistake. And uh, Adam Driver episode. So this is the third time they've done it. Yeah, uh, I I like this. This is this is my favorite type of recurring sketch where it's but they haven't gone to the well too often. They do this like maybe once a season, and so so they're and I and I also like that they have the host playing a significant role in it. So that mixes it up and that freshens it up a fair amount. So I was very excited when I saw that it was going to be science room. Yeah, I mean, like from the first line where Sudeikis is playing Mister Teacher. And he's standing mm-hmm. next to uh, a chart of the periodic table. He, and he looks right to the camera and says, I don't study this table all the time, just periodically. Right. <laughs> like, right there. I, I, I chuckled at that. I was like, oh, that, that dad joke just hit me right in the heart. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you're not familiar with the sketch, uh, the host plays Mr. Teacher, who's this Mr. Wizard type. If you Do, do people still remember Mr. Wizard? I don't know. Uh, I think that's of a certain... You know, personal. Yeah. I I remember it because I grew up in the '80s. But yeah, I'm sure your your average uh, millennial will have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, if you're Gen X, uh, maybe Bill Nye, Mr. Wizard. Yeah, if yeah. you're younger, like he was, he was the Bill Nye of his day. That's a good way to put it. There you go. Um, yeah, and and he he's teaching basic science principles to these two clueless kids that are played by uh, Cecily and Mikey, um, uh, Lanny and Josh. So, and this week he's trying to explain gravity and the kids are just not getting the most basic things. He has like a, a 
display the solar system, the, all the planets, and he's like, okay, what are these? Balls! <laughs> like, they don't know the word planet, so we're, we're already not getting off to a good start. Right. So, I mean, there's, like, a lot of, you know, cool little jokes here and there, like him asking uh, Josh, hey, you know, what is matter? And Josh saying, mm-hmm. Not- nothing, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and, this, and he said, no, no, I'm not saying what is the matter. I'm saying what is matter. It says, oh. Black lives? <laughs> That was a good line. I like that. And killed me. And then, and then, as soon as Mister Teacher says no, Cecily pipes in with all lives. Like no, no, no. It's not that either. And then I think uh, Mister Teacher says, "Are you guys okay? Like emotionally? Okay. Yeah. Like I. I mean, this sketch is. Um. I mean, it's a simple enough premise. It's just the teacher getting frustrated by these two clueless kids. But again, it's like the energy that. Sudeikis brings into this like really sells it. Like mm-hmm. the way he just gets like, you know, he, he stays he starts off you know, extremely calm and by the end of the sketch he's screaming at the kids' parents that they did a horrible job raising them. Yes. Yeah. It builds really nicely and uh, Cecily and Mikey, they're so good at playing the young kids. They are just like fidgeting through the whole thing and just their body language and their expressions. Yeah. It's really great. They play um, good like you know, awkward on camera children where they don't quite know what to yeah. say. They're constantly clapping and applauding everything mm-hmm. uh Mr. Teacher says and and after a while he says, You don't have to applaud everything I say. It's it's getting a little right. <laughs> and and when they keep going on about the balls, <laughs> Mr. Teacher just says, just ignore the balls and Cecily's character immediately goes, My sister said never ignore the balls. Mm-hmm. Uh she said the guys like it. <laughs> Wow. Big, big laugh from the audience. I... Big laugh. This this went over big. Um, there was a thing in the live sketch where Sudeikis like whispered in Mikey's ear when he was like trying to get him to shut up. And I have no idea what it was. We see Mikey break for a second, but oh I wanna I wanna know what he whispered in his ear more than like I wanna know what Bill Murray whispered in Scarlett Johansson's ear. At the Ooh. end of Lost in Translation, have they ever figured that out? I think somebody in the for that movie. I think somebody like enhanced the sound or you know did something. <laughs> oh, and God. I I saw some headline about it, and I was like, no, I don't ever want to know. That's the yeah. whole point is you don't know. It's part of the mystery, but so maybe yeah, this will be that. Like you know, it's part of the mystery. This will be that, and it's it's going to be a real mystery because they replaced the sketch that aired with the dress version when they posted it on YouTube. And I think I know why they did that. Oh, uh, why? Um, yeah, I did notice that. Like, I watched the YouTube version, and it looked different. Like, there was yeah. some parts in there where um, the kids' parents come out. It's, uh, you know, Kyle plays uh, Josh's dad, and Melissa mm-hmm. plays um, Lonnie's mom. And we find right. out that her her name isn't Lonnie; it's actually Loney. But, right. but like, but Lonnie didn't correct him, and like he was upset. Like, yeah, I've been calling you Lonnie this whole time. Your name's Loney. Yeah, I I think what happened was it looked like Melissa, like just fumbled over her line a little bit, and then Sudeikis like jumped in, and he was like, "Okay, that yes, and that's the reality. Her name's really that, and she just never corrected me because like he he like turns to." Cecily and starts bowling her out and we see Cecily start to break a little bit. Um, so I think that's why they posted that because we had that fun, spontaneous moment. Oh, um, really? That's my theory. I don't, I don't huh. have any documentation on this, but 
I also hmm. like the aired version. I really like the moment where he whispered in Mikey's ear, and I'm just like, "What the heck did you whisper in his ear?" I yeah, I really yeah. What was that? That is interesting. That's it's like when John Mulaney whispered in uh, Stefan's ear. Interesting. Exactly. Exactly. You know they they whispered something, you know, something. to try and make that other person break. But something but incredibly. I, really I mean, I'm sorry. I really like these sketches because it's it's all just about the kids being stupid and stupidity is just like a bottomless well. Right. At one point, uh, Mr. Teacher gets so upset with Josh, he says, go to hell, Josh. Seriously. Yeah. Go, go to yeah. hell. Yeah. Tell the child to go to hell. He told him to go to hell in the, in the uh, aired version. That's where he whispered in his ear. Um, this, by the way, was written by Mikey Day, Streeter Seidel, one of our favorites, and Cecily Strong. So, um, Yeah, I really like this sketch. Yeah, I I go. I might dare I say this might be sketch of the night for me. When I was making my notes during the air show, the live show, I wrote sketch of the night question mark, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's between this and one other, I think, for me. But right. uh, but uh, yeah, I really like this. Uh, I'm always happy to see this come back. It's it's like uh, the war in words. I, I like that, but I don't. I'm always happy when they come up and. I don't feel like they've driven either one into the ground yet. Right. Uh, just because they do it sparingly. Right. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, okay. Next, we had a pre-tape. Uh, Melon, uh, the male Ellen. This is uh, Jason Sudeikis playing exactly what it says on the tin. A male Ellen. <laughs> right. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. It's the fun daytime energy of Ellen DeGeneres with a hard male edge. Right, so, because I think they, they started off by saying, you know, because of the pandemic, a lot of guys are home during the day now looking for something to watch. So mm-hmm. we need a daytime talk show for men, hence Melon. Yes. And it's, uh, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, Jason Sudeikis as Melon. He has blonde hair, dancing in the audience, giving guys nut taps. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he uh, actually says... On Melon, which isn't the thing that the real Ellen DeGeneres does, as far as I know. That's the thing that Kate McKinnon's impression does. Yeah. Like, you don't have to constantly say who you are. The, yeah. the impression. Yeah. But, hmm. um, yeah. And, like, but, you know, we. He does, like, some of Ellen's trademarks, but with, like, that male edge where he, he's, like, dancing with the audience, but, but it's awkward male dancing, and he'll occasionally hit guys in the nuts. You know, as you do. As you do, uh, yeah, and uh, critics are saying things like, "Oh, is this real?" And mm-hmm. uh, from and uh, cease and desist from Ellen's lawyers. Yes, yes, and they had the uh, sneak up surprises with uh, Chris Red as a guy who didn't want to get vaxxed, and they had Aristotle come in as a doctor who just jabs uh, him in the neck. Yeah, that's uh, Kyrie Irving who plays for the uh, I believe the Brooklyn Nets, and he's an anti-vaxer, and I think he's kind of gotten kicked off the team because of it. Oh, gee, you know, usually being anti-vax, that works out so well for people. I'm surprised. Yeah. That uh, he, also, yeah. he also believes the Earth is flat, so he's... he's oh, he's right. A, well, so real mensa material, it sounds like. <laughs> he's, he's, he's really something else. And we had uh, another couple cameos. We had um, we had uh, J.A.J., uh, James Austin Johnson, as Louis C.K. Great Louis C.K. impression. Really good, yeah. He re- yeah. Like, like, dude, this this guy, J.A.J., he's quite a fine. He's, like, already seems like a seasoned vet. Yeah, yeah, it, it was very solid. I mean, I didn't – there wasn't too much connection to get 
uh, Louis C.K. in there, but I was very happy to see and like discover that impression. Yeah, uh, we had Pete Davidson as Jake Paul, who's like cameoing, uh, or he's challenging uh, Muhammad Ali to a fight, even though, even though Muhammad, he's dead. Yeah, uh, Moffat came out as Conor McGregor, cha- mm-hmm. you know, challenging one of the audience members to a fight. Uh, you know, and there was like a bunch of other sort of Ellen-esque uh, things happening throughout the sketch, like um, Melon gives all his audience members uh, wet towels to uh, whip and snap each other with. Right. Um, I, I thought this... I, I looked at the tail end. They said, uh, brought to you by uh, Peroni's disease. Um, like, not a charity, the actual disease. And that's, uh, I know, or I remember from uh, watching the uh, America, uh, impeachment American crime story this year, that... Uh, Peroni's disease is the uh, disease that apparently gives you a, a curved penis. Oh, I didn't catch no. that. It's that thing that Bill Clinton supposedly had. Oh, because, oh. Like in the Paula Jones thing, they were like, oh, yes, I can identify his penis because it's very distinctive. It curves to like one side or the other. I forget oh. which. Got a candy cane. The Democrats all say it curves to the left. Oh, hey, oh. <laughs> so. Oh, I didn't. I did not know that. He has. He's got the candy cane down there. Huh. Yeah, I was like, is that the curved penis thing? And then I Googled it before we started recording. And yes, <laughs> it is the curved penis thing. And uh, don't do a don't do a Google image search on that one, folks. Yeah, definitely don't do it at work. Yeah. I mean, unless that's your thing. I mean, if you're yeah. into that, hey, go nuts. Unless your boss um, is cool with it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. What what did we think of this sketch? I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was a little long. I 100% agree with you. Like, I, it's one of those things where you get the, like, I get the idea, like, you know, the first minute in, and then they just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, hammer in and repeat kind of what the, what the whole thing is about. And I was like, uh, the, you, yeah. like, if, like, upon the second watching, I saw, like, a lot of stuff they could have cut out where they I, were just I got okay. Tired of it before the end, it was like a three and a yeah. half minute sketch. I feel like it could have been two minutes easily. Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. If it was like, you know, I, mean, too I, like, tight. I like the bit where they had the Philly fanatic surprising Chloe uh, Feynman in the restroom and then she just like wails on him. I thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah. But, like it's, uh, it, yeah, it, 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 hit, it hit its point home too many times. Like they could have really chopped yeah. off the fat on this one. You, you, you could have cut this in half and it would have <laughs> been just as funny, if not funnier. Agreed. So. Yeah, my big takeaway was uh, uh, J.A.J. does a great Louis C.K. Yeah, I would have loved seeing more of that. I would have actually yeah. really loved seeing more of that Louis C.K. impression. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, we'll have to keep fingers crossed that Louis C.K. does yeah. something to end up in the news. Mm. Yeah, ho- hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, guys. Let's, here's hoping. Prayers up for Louis. Uh, next, we had uh, Annie. Uh, which is, you know, the the Broadway musical Annie about that lovable redheaded orphan with the blank eyes with uh, Melissa Villasenor playing Annie. Uh, Cecily is that lady who marries Daddy Warbucks at the end of the show. I don't remember the name. I didn't feel like looking it up. All right. Yeah, I, I don't know, you know who I mean, right? The, la- the lady. <laughs> the lady, that one there with the lady parts standing around. <laughs> Uh, they do, they do a number for the show. The, you know, we think you're going to like it here where they're basically just singing to Annie about how great every living with daddy Warbucks is. And she's going to have people waiting on her hand and foot. 
Exactly. They talk about, um, oh, we have a chef for you. We have a maid. We have uh, somebody who will clean your room. Uh, you have a teacher. And we don't quite know what Ricky does here. And yeah. then we see Sudeikis, you know, uh, mustache, wigs, uh, tinted sunglasses, the aviators. Yeah. Toothpick in the mouth, leather jackets. Like, oh, no, don't, don't right talk about me. Don't jacket. talk about me. Strong yeah. 1970s energy. Yeah. Sudeikis is Good. putting out. He, he looks like he stepped out of like a Barry Levinson film, you know? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, a lot of people were yeah. saying they he, they got he, they got uh, strong Dan Aykroyd vibes from him. I saw that on Twitter. Yes, yes. I, I like if if this was a movie, Steve Buscemi would be playing this part. Exactly. Yeah, you get it. It's like, yeah, hey, what? Yeah. It's a bag of glass. What? What? The problem? Yeah, and, and he's, he's like teen smoking throughout, and he's you know, and he's like a creepy guy, and he's like, hey, you're you're cute. Get here, have some tootsie rolls, and they're like. What you want to prove you're not creepy by giving your candy out of your pocket? <laughs> what? What's wrong with that? Uh, um, yeah, and then, and then, yeah. So and then they just kind of keep on going back to what Ricky does that no one really knows. Yeah. He um, can't really see it because it's illegal. Uh, and then it eventually and, emerges that Daddy Warbucks and his rich friends they have a club, and he pays Ricky twenty k a week to procure certain things for him for that club. Yeah. And, uh, they keep asking, they keep prodding and sure enough, the meat is, Hmm. And I think they at one point they eat a rare meat and it's, uh, it's, it's uh, cannibalism. Yeah. They have a cannibalism club guys. Yeah. Cause I think at one point she's like, he says, yeah, it's a rare type of meat. Then the lady lady, she says, Oh my God, it's not, it's not what I think it is. Is it? And he's like, no, no, it's not that. It's not that it's, it's people. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so uh yeah, cuz you know, as we all know, wealthy rich people, they're into some weird shit. So, Mr. Warbucks, we yeah. people. I guess when you have that much money, you can just uh go with whatever sort of twisted desire you have and after a little while, the the regular pleasures don't don't satisfy you anymore. That's right. So you need to go out there. So, yes. Daddy Warbucks, he's going out there. Taste of human flesh is the tastiest dine of all. Yeah. And we and we had Alex Moffat as the chef just going like, that's what I was cooking? I thought it was pork. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we, we had Mikey Day pop up as Daddy Warbucks at, at the very end, followed by some guys in masks, like it's an eyes wide shut. What do we yeah. think of the sketch? Um, hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it, it was a weird one. It was a weird one. I didn't totally hate it, but I didn't. I definitely didn't love it. Um, yeah, I, I was the same. I wasn't. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I liked that we find out over the course of the sketch that uh, Ego has apparently hooked up with Ricky a few times. She's like, "No, no, we've hooked up like three times. You need to explain this to me." Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, a, I mean, it, 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 this, this uh, sketch has some good lines in it. There's one line where they mm -hmm. try to keep singing the songs after uh, Ricky's revelation, where they say, where the, the people in the background, and they have dancers in this too, like yeah. straight out of Broadway, where they yeah, say, yeah. where they, you know, they're still trying to welcome Annie and they say, we've never had a little girl. And then Ricky right. bursts and saying, like, neither has Mr. Warbucks. All the, all the people he's eaten are, are human adult people. He's right. never had no children. Right. No children. Yeah. So it's like wonder, it's. 
Mm. Yeah, the, the cannibalism. Yeah, I guess that was just to put like a, a twist on it because it might have been a little more expected if it was an actual sex thing, like an eyes wide shut thing. Uh, but yeah, this is this had some real back half of the show energy to it, you know? Yeah. I, you know what? Yeah, that might be it. Like it, this felt like, you know, back, like you said, back half of the energy where things can get weird. Uh, You're not expecting to get this dark between 1130 and 12. Yeah. And, I'm, and this went there. <laughs> yeah. Look, I like, I'm no prude. I, I enjoy a good Campbellism joke just as much as the next Joe, but like still this. One... I'm so glad the word joke was in that sentence. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, this was. I don't know. This wasn't. This kind I, of I don't want to. Like, okay, I don't say... want to have Cecily, theater geek Cecily, sing a Broadway number. How can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> and what what sort of twist can we put on it? And this is what they came up with. I also liked because. Uh, Kate McKinnon wasn't in the show this week. And after a certain point, they ran out of female cast members, apparently. Because uh, who knows, maybe Cher Sherman can't sing. I don't know. But they just yeah. had a few people repeat. <laughs> and, I was just saying, you know. Like, like, 80 comes back and she's like, yes, I'm the maid, and but I also do this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, isn't Punky around? Why don't you just put her, put her out there? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's like you got a cast of over 20 people. You don't have more than... You know, five women or something? Yeah, yeah. This I had that reaction with a sketch later on, too. Oh, boy. But yeah, this was maybe a little more weird and funny, but uh, I did hate it. It was... The performances were good. Yeah, the performances were good. Like I said, the, the dancing in the background, the dancers were great. Mm-hmm. It just... I, I don't know. I don't want to say it left a bad taste in my mouth, because that would be a terrible... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but you said left a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, I... Yeah, I wasn't wild about this one, but I didn't. I didn't totally right. hate it, but I was like, I don't know, this has a weird vibe to it. It, it, was, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But, uh, but hey, the next one, teacher conference. I mean, come on, hubba hubba. This one, we got, we got, we got Jason Sudeikis as the teacher. We got Kyle and Ego as uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wilkerson. Uh, the kid's parents, it's apparently like a grade school kid, judging by what they're talking about. Right. And they're just meeting with the teacher at night, and uh, Jason's character, the teacher, he starts hitting on Ego. <laughs> and she yeah. starts digging it and starts responding, which, that that was a nice twist. Yeah, I liked how it was like a slow burn, a slow lead up to where it went, where, you know, yeah. they're, 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 they're all sitting down talking about... Um, Ego and Kyle's son, uh, Skyler, I think his name was, and they were talking about mm-hmm. like he was, you know, he's, he's great in English, but he's not really good in math. He's really bad with fractions. And yes. I think Kyle says, well, he gets that from me, and uh, which yeah. is something that plays towards the end of the, comes back towards the end of the mm-hmm. sketch yes. later. Uh, but yeah, but then, like it's like you said, there's like the, like a small kind of vibe between Ego and Jason and a slow buildup. It's like Jason saying, hey, you have, a, you have a really infectious laugh. You know that? It's really great. Yeah, and, yeah, and then it kind of leads to like you know s- glances and s- small touches, and then, then yeah, and and at one point like Ego asks him like, "Are you mad at me?" In like this flirty way. I mean, like it gets to the point where he's making they're doing like this role playing thing, um, <laughs> and he's making her write "I've been bad" on the chalkboard, and she's like, "Oh, should I use the little chalk or the big chalk?" Yeah. <laughs> he's like. 
you use the big chalk. And she's like, okay, well, you're the boss. Of me. And he's like, yeah. yes, I am. Say it again. <laughs> I think she said, I'm not used to chalk this big. Right, right. So I think at one point, uh, Jason today, because the teacher says, yeah, your son will need a tutor. And then she says, well, are you available? And he says, well, uh, in what sense? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that. A lot of it and of course, contact sheet of school tutors, and she's like, oh, "I'm not seeing your number on here." Uh, yeah, and and Kyle is doing great throughout. He's just like, "Hey, what's going on? I I'm not cool with whatever this is." Yeah, he's he's uh, very much the cuckold in this scene. He is. He plays a good cuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird compliment, but he he did a really nice job, and like by the end of it. Ego and Jason are literally making out on the desk, like like fully making out. I think at one point, like at one point, yeah. Jason lifts Ego up. Now he, no, he like clears the desk, like in that you know romance novel manner, like lifts her up, puts her on the desk, and says, "Then have me, my love." And like yeah. they're just full on making out. I think Ego wraps his leg, her leg around him at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and like Kyle's just staring impotently. And yeah, and at the very end, uh, Jason hand he makes Kyle hold his glasses. He hands his glasses over to Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> and one last emasculating moment. Yeah, and then Kyle's like, "I'm getting mad. You better stop it before I count to five. One, two, two and a half, two and three fifths. Oh, I'm so bad at fractions." And yeah. that's I was like, "Oh, okay. I see what you guys did." That was that was a really nice callback. I didn't, I mean, that was set up so subtly. I didn't see it coming, and it's really nice to see a sketch with a with a nice strong punchline at the end, right? That is true. The the end the punchline at the, at the end of this one is pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. We see that so rarely. Like so many sketches either end randomly or they just they can kind of unfortunately peter out and you're just like, oh, I wish we hadn't like a nice big laugh at the end. And this one really had it. Yeah, this I mean, I mean, this killed. episode... The audience was loving this, man. Yeah, this is... Oof. This was hot, hot, they, hot. They are, yeah, I mean, they're laughing, they're clapping throughout. This got a lot of response. I mean, this, this I think, is uh, neck and neck with... Um, uh, Science Room. Called? Science... Science Room. Science Room. I mean... Uh, Either one of those could be sketch of the night for me. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with you. I mean, this is a it's a simple premise, so it's it's mm-hmm. all it's all kind of you know hangs on the performances, and yeah, Ego delivers, yeah. Uh, Kyle delivers, Jason delivers. Mm-hmm. I think it's you know it's, it's really well done sketch, and I, I think I've seen online a few people kind of compare it to that old Monty Python sketch where like the, I think the therapist. Yes hits on and makes that with the guy's wife in front of him. And it is sort of right, similar right. to that a little bit, but I mean, I think this is also its own thing. And I think, uh, you yeah. know, egos and everybody's performances in this sketch really are able to sort of take, you know, bring it over the, uh, over the line and really make And they, they had a lot of clever lines too. Like the flirtation between the two of them was just really cleverly done. And it wasn't like cliched stuff. So I really liked that. I thought the writing and the performances were both really strong. Unfortunately, we don't have a writing credit for this one. We'd love to give those specific writers a shout out, but uh, SNL, please give the writers credits when you post the sketches on YouTube. We'd love to know who uh, wrote these, and we don't always uh, get that information in time for recording. Yeah, I mean, what's the deal, SNL? I mean, I guess maybe they want to feel like it's like a group thing, like everybody kind of contributes. You don't want to single out anybody, but 
I don't know. I mean, I think but no, great. single out the people. Yeah. I, I want to know who the good people are. MTV singled out. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We want to narrow it down from 50 down to that one. Let's, yeah, let's see who the real brains behind this operation is. Let's not, right. let's not hide behind anybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this was definitely a highlight for me. Uh, this, this was a really strong sketch. And, oh, hey, actually, you know what? Oh, uh, sorry to interrupt. This just in. I'm looking at the Reddit page right now. According to mm-hmm. the Reddit page, the sketch was written by Ego and Will Steven. Oh, okay. I guess I need to hit refresh. Let okay. me see. Smash that refresh button, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smash that subscribe oh, yes. button. Okay, we do. Yeah, we do have some more, uh, a lot more credits. When I uh, first looked it up, yeah, Ego and Will Steven. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's and, uh, good to know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, science room was Streeter, Mikey, Cecily, and Jasmine Pierce. Oh, okay. We didn't have Jasmine Pierce's name in there before, so yeah, I'm right. glad we uh, we got that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, next uh, next pre tape. Uh. Men's underwear commercial. Who? This is uh, uh, for uh, men men who accidentally shit their pants a lot. I don't know how <laughs> else to put it. I mean, Were you trying to think of a more you know a more classier way to say it? Well, I'm, I just I don't want to dance around it. You know? <laughs> um, it's so it's Jake's non-stick underwear for men. It's made with a ceramic coating, and the mistakes slide off, and you can just clean it by wiping it out with a paper towel. So right. it eliminates that need to just throw away your underwear when you have an accident. Right. Uh, this sketch has Alex Moffat in it. Uh, has Chris Red, Kyle. And James Austin Johnson, and like all of them working out, talking about, you know, you're a real man. You work out. And sometimes when you work yeah. out, you know, you got to have the right underwear. And sometimes when you work out, you know, sometimes you poop your underwear. Then you got to throw away your underwear and, that, and, and the little plastic bags. And that's not cool. Yeah. You need to wear an underwear that doesn't have the poops. You know, stick to it. It, it gets really specific. Yeah, this and, is you know, this happened. This happened to like I'm sure this happened to whoever wrote this. I mean, like it's, hopefully it's, not recently. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, yeah. You're a grown ass man. Whoever wrote this, <laughs> you shouldn't be po- unless alcohol is involved. You shouldn't be pooping your pants. Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb. Even if alcohol is involved, if, if, <laughs> oh, if you're pooping your pants, whatever you're drinking, you might have a problem. Did I just reveal my reveal something about myself? I shouldn't have. Uh, you might have. You might. Oh, have. damn it. <laughs> Um, I mean, this, I didn't think it was the best, but uh, at least it wasn't too long. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty much poop jokes. This was not a favorite for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of poop jokes in this one. Um, it's, I, I think, I think this one was okay, but I think the thing that made it better was, uh, Chris Red's performance. I thought he was really good because then they started, yeah, because they talk about how, how easy it is for these under to wear these underwear because it's the poop slides right off them and just right down your pants leg. So then you, all you have to do is throw away your pants and maybe your socks and you know the paper towel you use to wipe out your underwear and just put all that in a plastic bag and throw it out your office window. That's much easier than throwing away your underwear. Yep. And uh, I also, like I said, like, I like Chris Red's performance because he, the way he talks about it is like, oh, now you don't have to worry about, you know, you know who telling their friends about that little accident you had in your underwear. And then it cuts to his wife or girlfriend, Ego, talking to 
uh, her friend about you know her her man's uh, poop problem. He's like, yeah, he's like he's like a little boy. He just poops his pants. And then and then uh, Chris Red just kind of silently says, "I'm not a little boy. I'm a man." Yeah, I don't know. That made me chuckle. I'm saying him silently saying to himself, "I'm a man." Sounds like you like this a little more than I did. A little bit more, but I not enough to totally defend it. Okay, <laughs> if that makes any sense, I, I I like Chris Red. Maybe that's maybe that's You're like eighty percent there. <laughs> yeah, uh, seventy five. Okay, all right, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, next up, we got some music performances, guys. Music. We got uh, Brandy Carlisle up in this joint. Uh, her first number was called Bro- "Broken Horses." It's uh, kind of a rockin' country thing. Yeah, and uh second one was uh called Right on Time. Right on Time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, now he, uh, yeah. she's in a nice shiny suit. It, it it was very Elvis early Elvis Presley. I yeah. Thought. It was like a shiny gold suit, like almost mm-hmm. like like Elvis Presley uh P Diddy type of yeah. suit. And uh yeah, I really enjoyed both her performances. Uh I'm not too familiar with her stuff, but after these performances, I, I really want to get to know her stuff a lot more. Like, uh, her music is kind of, I mean, it's not quite Southern rock. It's not quite country. It's, I mean, if I can compare it to anything, it really... It's got a bit of that country twang to it. It's, yeah, it's got a country twang, but I don't know if I'd say it's country music. You know, it's mm-hmm. or maybe it's like a subset of country music. Like, if I had to compare it to anybody, it reminded me of Katie Lang in her heyday. Like that's the best comparison okay. I could think of. Like I think Brandy Carlisle is a strong singer. She has some pipes on her, and um, like her music is really like moving, and she really brought a lot of energy to the show. Like I think, like yeah. her performances made the show better. I'll definitely say that. I I liked her first number a lot. I was like, okay, this is this is kind of cool. She's like wailing on a guitar. I could like, ironically enough, uh, imagine Ted Lasso listening to her. I, I think Ted Lasso <laughs> might dig her. Um, the second number I wasn't too n- much, I wasn't too nuts about, uh, it was, uh, started out at the piano. It was kind of a ballady number. Um, I was, yeah. I was kind of ant on that, but I, I agree. She has a really strong voice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the second one was a little bit slower, but she still, you know, she belted out some really power ballad, uh, vocals, uh, throughout mm-hmm. the song. And, um, and I really, I really dug it. I thought it was a strong performance. I, I'm pretty sure she's been around for a while, but this is just the first time kind of getting to know her because i have heard the name brandy carlisle here and there but i just never like looked into it but like after seeing her mm-hmm. tonight i was like oh i need to find out more about her she's she's a she's a solid singer i remember somebody um actually tweeted at us about her performance saying yeah she kind of reminds me I, for, I forgot who it was i'll look it up but then they were saying yeah she kind of reminds me of like a like a snl singer from the 90s like she would have been like at home and you know like mid to uh-huh. mid to early nineties type of singer, and I yeah I was like yeah I could see that. Okay. Um. All right. So next we have weekend update with uh, Colin Joost and Michael Shay. 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 And we should give a quick shout out to Colin Joost because with this week he has now become the longest tenured weekend update anchor in SNL history. That's right. He dethroned 55 episodes. That's right. He dethroned you, Seth Myers. Yeah. So take that. Suck on that. Kneel before yeah. Jost. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing this since uh season 39, taking over 
for Seth Meyers and uh, wow. posted with Cecily Strong for a brief uh, period, like a half a season. Cecily was like, yeah, no, I'm not really feeling this. I want to go back to being in sketches. That's what I like to do. And then they found Michael Che and it's just been Justin Che ever since. It's a, it's a dynamic that works a lot better. And I think, yeah, I think Cecily, Cecily even said it. And I remember her listening to her uh, episode of uh, Mark Marin, where she was like, yeah, I did it, but didn't feel like a right fit for me. And like, I, mm-hmm. I could, t- I, th- I think other people felt the same way. And I, she's, just, and yet yeah, she was kind of right. It's, it's good that she knew her strengths and she knew that, you know, getting behind a weekend update desk wasn't really where her strengths lie. And sure, sure I, enough. I it, mean, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I mean, we're, this is supposed to be about Colin, but we're talking more about Cicely. I, I, <laughs> I think that she realized that quickly and then, you know, got out when she did. I thought she did a good job, as I recall. I mean, I've, Rewatched maybe a few of her uh, weekend update segments since, and I, I thought she, I thought she was good, and I think she would have gotten better. But she's such a strong sketch performer, I, yeah. I can't really begrudge her. I'd much rather hear her in sketches where she sings and and plays with dogs. Sure, yes, absolutely. Uh, so, so uh, Justin Che weekend update. This was a pretty short uh, weekend update. Yeah, well, as we find out, we'll, we'll cover later, they cut a couple desk segments from Weekend Updates. So mm. uh, I think that explains it. Yeah, we had, because in other weeks, we've had three desk segments, which feels like too many to me, and they, they cut a couple things. I think they should have kept one. One, I'm good with them cutting. Mm. So, Content. yeah, maybe, maybe we should cover those at the end of Weekend Update. All right. Are both update things. Sure, why not? What the hey? Okay. All right. Um, well, first, what was actually on the show, um, they, they talked about uh, how Trump is trying to start his own social media site called Truth Social, uh, or it could just refer to it under its old name, the National Sex Offender Registry. Blam! <laughs> yeah! Yeah, come on! Uh, um, yeah. I like I liked Joe's line about uh, how the FDA has now approved mixing and matching booster shots, and he says, we're, we're in the just wing it phase of the pandemic. <laughs> It's sad but true, yeah. Um, yeah. As always, I thought Che had the best jokes where he talked mm-hmm. about the how the head of the Chicago Police Union urged all the cops not to comply with the vaccine mandates, which is weird because cops in Chicago are, usually can't wait to take the shot. That's a great line. Um, it's, it's dark, I liked when it's they had a, They had a story about uh, the lead singer of Smash Mouth acting oddly during a recent concert. Uh, Joe's had a nice little improv there where the audience is just, they're laughing at the setup. They're laughing at the fact that we're talking about Smash Mouth in 2021. And Joe's just goes, yeah, I know, recent. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was a good improv by him. It's good. It was good. See, we we give Joe's his his credit when it's due. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also thought Shea had a strong line when they were talking about removing a Thomas Jefferson statue from a uh, New York City Hall, I think it was. Uh, they removed the statue by telling it was there was a hot black lady outside. hey oh, That's right, because Jefferson liked the sisters. He, li- he loved, mm. loved him. Love that dark, <laughs> love that dark, sweet chocolate. You know, I was going to say something like that, and then I popped out. <laughs> like, I'm just like... It's better I don't say that. It's good that you thought that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I went with that impulse. <laughs> he, he likes his women like he likes his coffee. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you to fill out the rest. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so next we had, we had, I'd say the second thing of the night that I, that we called last week was uh, Jason Takis coming back as the devil. El Diablo. El Diablo. Um, uh, this was, I don't know if it was his strongest material, but it was just fun to see him revisit that character. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Like, um, I mean, he had a few good zingers towards the end, which we'll talk about, yeah. but like, just seeing him in the old get up, the old garb, put a smile yeah. on my face. And he just brought in this energy that just made me smile. Like, I think, I think yeah. that was the thing that sold it. He's like his energy. He didn't, he didn't have any particular thing to talk about. There wasn't any like big story in the news this week uh, yeah. for him to talk about. Well, maybe there was one that they could have talked about, but that person has hosted SNL a large Ooh. number of times, and it would be incredibly awkward for them to talk about it. Dude, I was, I was thinking about that. I was like, there's no way they're going to make a joke about that, because A, it's like you said, he's hosted the show many times, and he's you know yeah. synonymous with the show, and B, it's really, it might be in bad taste to make a joke about it right now, but... Part of me was yeah, thinking, also, if- yeah, it's such early days. We, they're they're still, you know, we're talking we're talking about the unfortunate, the the tragic incident at the Alec Baldwin movie Rust this week, where the cinematographer uh, was accidentally shot and the director was wounded because the the gun wasn't loaded with blanks; it had a live round in it, apparently. And Which what the fuck? Very- is, what are live rounds doing on a set? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just. And, and it came out that they apparently like a lot of the union people walked off the set and that's why it happened. Like, Oh God, it's a whole fucked up thing. And oh, our hearts go out to everybody affected by that, but it's still very early days of the investigation. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I was, know, I don't blame them for not wanting to touch it. Yeah. Like part of me was thinking if they do make a joke about that, I'll, that'll blow my mind. Cause like I, yeah. I would not see that coming. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I'm sure most of them like consider Alec Baldwin a friend at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's worked so closely with them over the last twenty years. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's kind of like uh, a like a unofficial member of the of the cast in a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's in that like Steve Martin sort of uh, stratosphere. That pantheon. But uh, th- there was there was a. Getting back to Jason playing the devil. <laughs> back to the devil. Back to Satan. Where he, he gets a phone call and Colin just says, what's that? And Jason just turns to him and goes, it's my phone. And I think it felt like it was an improv from Sudeikis. A little if bit. If it wasn't an improv, that was brilliantly acted. Yeah. And he seemed to genuinely crack up at that. Yeah. Because he gives, like you said, like, it's my phone. And he gives Joseph's look like, duh, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> A doy. Just, the, just the delivery of that was great, and it it seemed to get uh, Jost. And <laughs> it was it was good. It was good. Uh, I also liked yeah. how the devil took credit for a lot of things that's been happening, like Bitcoin and vaping, um, the Astros winning, uh, Tom right. Brady rush, and uh, him talking about how you know talking about he- and climate change as well, and talking about hell and how Rush Limbaugh yeah. and Chris Andrew are down there with him. It was, right. it was, it was but he like still a... doesn't want to have anything to do with QAnon because yeah. those guys are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. And and Colin asked about that, and he's like, "No, no, I have nothing to do with QAnon. Uh, you take that back, or I will go back on our deal to let you marry Scarlett." That was a, that was a good line. And then he doubled down on it and saying, "It's 
like, yeah, you you, you baby trapped her. <laughs> and yeah. you can just see Colin being like, not accurate. That's not true. That's <laughs> right, not, right. That's not like I. I don't know if that's him trying to smooth things over with his wife. Like, baby, no, he's just either just jokes. I, I didn't baby. Yeah, well, I'm sure she knows the deal. I mean, she's been <laughs> a number of times herself. Um, I love the line. Uh, I don't know who screwed her more, you or Disney. Uh, Damn. And and honestly, that has levels because, like, from what I understand, Jason Sudeikis briefly uh, dated Scarlett Johansson. Really? I think, like, she hosted somewhere back in the day. Jason Sudeikis has game, my friend. I, I mean, did, I didn't know that. Oh shit! Well, I mean, when Olivia Wilde's your baby mama. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it, I guess I, sh- I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, Jason today, because he's, he's dated some, some. Uh, his, I don't his... think they were a, a, like a, a couple for long, but I know they dated. I know he also That's... dated January Jones, and I think that might have had something to do with her hosting. That I think um, I knew. I was yeah, like, yeah. Sudeikis. I think he's dated. He's probably dated a few other like. Beautiful women too. I, Sude- I haven't done a lot of investigation, but those are those are like the three I know. Sudeikis, <laughs> I salute you, sir. We here at SNL Nerds, we salute you. <laughs> I'm standing up right now, saluting. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, uh, I mean, but it was a pretty strong weekend update. It was just uh, kind of lean and mean because they they cut out a couple of those death segments, like we said before. Yes, they did. Uh, do you want to talk about them now, or what was that? Yeah, let's let's talk about them now since they're both weekend update segments and not full sketches. Okay. Um, first one was uh, Alex Moffat reprising his character of guy who just bought a boat uh, with Halloween dating tips. Uh, yeah, I didn't write down a whole lot on this one. It really was just kind of like a lot of puns. Uh, um, yeah, mostly carried by Alex's performance. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, it's like you know these performances, like a lot of word salad, a lot of. Quick talk. Uh, I think the only one yeah. I remember is like if you take her upstate, you know, you'll you'll be like cinnamon insider. Yeah, <laughs> things like that. A lot of wordplay. Uh, I believe the Finger Lakes got mentioned once in a crude way. A lot, a lot of euphemisms for for BJ's. Yes, exactly. Great. Yeah. All hollows. All hollows. Beave. My favorite moment from that, uh, from the dress that they posted on YouTube, was was Colin just just going, um, "Can I leave?" <laughs> because he's just like obviously creeped out, and he's like, "Yeah, you're not talking about anything relevant." Um, yeah. I, I thought that was my favorite moment, but uh, I didn't mind that they cut this. Um, I I enjoyed. It. I mean, I just enjoyed it because I, Moffat's performance, like you said, he he's the one sort of selling this, and the fact that he's able to do. Just rapid fire, quick and secession type of delivery. It still it, it impresses me, and like the like the wordplay. It's and like the way they kind of put in all these sort of puns and quips and clever things. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of impressive the, as many uh, type of you know wordplay things they fit into one little segment. Like as you're laughing at one yeah. thing, they're slipping two or three more past you, and you got to go back and rewind and see what you missed. So I it's, mean, it's, I'm, 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 I'm more impressed, impressed by. With the- with the density of the jokes, uh, yeah, this has just never been one of my favorite characters of his. I think maybe that's so. maybe I'm more impressed by it than I, I, I think it's funny. But I, I do yeah. like it. It's like watching Eminem rap or something. Yeah, it's just uh, the guy who just bought a boat. He's never going to be a character where I'm just like, oh yes, you know. And that's what that's what you want for an update character. You want you want to be like Stefan, right? I mean that's that's a high bar, of course, but uh, high bar, but. Yeah, but I was I was like pleasantly surprised to see the devil return. I'm 
I'm fine if we never see the guy who just bought a boat again. Oof. All so. right. Um, and uh, also the other weekend update segment that got cut, uh, Melissa Villasenor on Hispanic Heritage Month. Ooh, you you put a little more uh, you, you put a little more flair on that Villasenor. See, si. <laughs> Melissa <laughs> Villasenor. Um, yeah, because the, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month just ended, so they have Melissa Villasenor coming on to talk about it. But she really just talks about how her boyfriend broke up with her last month and. She's just wondering why she hasn't dated any of the hosts yet. Yeah, and it's just basically it's her. It's her not talking about Hispanic heritage much really at all, and just how she wants no. a, a new boyfriend and looking looking for dudes. And it's like I'm famous. I should be right. dating celebs. Yeah, yeah. Which, She's yeah. just like, you know, hey, why why the hell am I here if I haven't dated a host yet? And Cullen's like, well, to do sketch comedy. And she says, no, I'm here to bag a host and set Twitter on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how Colin Jost did it. That's how Colin Jost did it. That's how John Mulaney did it. Uh, Sudeikis. Yeah. Oh, the list goes on and on. A tried, a tried and true. Yeah. Even a, even a writer got with uh, Emma Stone. Come on. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She ended up marrying an SNL writer. Yeah. Um, all the, all did the, they all have the, a kid? I can't remember. They do. Yeah. She is pregnant. I believe she had a oh, child. Okay. Like all oh, the okay. SNL dudes right. do well. It's just the SNL women. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, I guess I can't think of any instance of uh, a female cast member having like a relationship with one of the hosts. I mean, not that the public knows about anyway. Yeah, so oh, that's, it's on the low. That's, yeah. Hmm. That's uh, listeners, yeah. listeners, if you know of an SNL cast member, female that's gotten with a host, let us know. Because <laughs> yeah. we're all about the gossip here. Yeah, we're turning this podcast into TMZ very slowly. Yeah, uh, but but she started singing that song from Mary Poppins where they're just talking about everything they want in a nanny and she's altered the lyrics to be like everything she wants in a boyfriend. Uh, this was cute. This was funny. This was basically Melissa's dating ad. Yeah, uh, but, but it was cute. It's, you know, nice to see one of the more underexposed cast members get a thing. And I'm I'm glad that even if though this didn't make it to the aired show, I'm glad it ended up on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I think I said before, Melissa just has that sort of likable uh, Gilda Radner type of quality, just yes. very cute and very earnest. And it was good to see it. It was, it was a nice little fun little yeah. segment. I, I wish they had time to put it in the show, but I'm glad I got to and, see it. And I, I liked at the beginning where, like, you know, Jost, of course, immediately calls her out on like, well, you're not talking about Hispanic Heritage Month. And she's like, yeah, that's why I named it that, because if you don't let me do it, you're a racist. So he didn't end up on the show. So I guess our only conclusion is Colin just is a racist. That, I mean, Michael Che has been trying to tell us that for years. Hashtag cancel Joe's people. That's there all I'm saying. That's um, all. That's all I'm congratulations saying. Congratulations on doing 155 shows and hashtag cancel Joe's. <laughs> we we put him up and we knock him down. <laughs> that's right. Can't can't let you get too big for your britches, Colin Jost. Mm-mm. No, uh, Mister Mister Hollywood, Mister Hollywood, Mister having babies with the Scarlett Johansson. Ooh, la di da! Look at me, I'm Colin Jones, black and black. I, I use lots of hair gel. I wear suits. I impregnated Black Widow. <laughs> anyway, so but it was it was a pretty solid weekend update. Yeah, not bad. Um, uh, dude, next sketch. 
We, we got Next it. Next catch. Uh, they did a cutaway during the commercial break. I saw the set. I was excited. I was like, yes. And this, again, is a thing that we predicted last week. I mean, what's ooh- up with that Halloween edition? I mean, ooh wee. What up with that? What up with that? Ooh wee. Yeah. <laughs> what up yes. with- I know. I'm getting to yes. Shatner territory. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, we, we got a what yes, up with that sketch. Yes. Um, I was wondering if your audio had gotten out. No, I was, I was putting down my drink. Sorry. So, I mean, we had, you know, so we have we have Jason Sudeikis in the studio. So, of course, he's going to come back as Vance, uh, the running guy, doing the running man. We also had Fred, Fred Armisen as the sax guy, uh, Giuseppe. Uh, you know, and Fred Armisen, he's pretty handy because he's, of course, the band leader on Late Night with Seth Meyers. So, he's probably fairly easy to ask and get a hold of right and uh as always we had a a a row of you know celebrity cameos just coming in to do what up with that as we always had uh we had fresh off the movie dune and um Mm -hmm. was it scenes from a marriage uh mr oscar isaac coming in uh we had dressed up as a pirate yes um dressed as a cat model and actress emily radikowski and um, yes. from the, from the TV show Succession, Nicholas Braun, who plays uh, cousin Greg. Nicholas Braun, yes. Uh, but uh, DeAndre Cole, uh, Keenan's character, just thinks it's Lindsay Buckingham in a costume because apparently they couldn't get uh, Bill Hader back this week to cameo as Lindsay Buckingham. It would have been wonderful if they did. I would have loved that. Um, I mean, because I think he was a big part of what made what's up with that. What it was. So I was I was disappointed not to see Bill Hader return, yeah. but I, but I, it was still fun. Yeah, I'm assuming he's out shooting Barry or something, but uh, still, it, I mean, we got what up with that? Like, I I think I was in the same yeah. boat you were. As soon as you saw the set, and then as soon as you saw, you know, heard the music, that just like a big old smile got put on your face. Like I don't I don't know what it is about yeah. this sketch. Like I mean, I've talked about sketches before. Where, you know, it's like them kind of repeating the, the same joke over and over again and how annoying I find it. But with this sketch, they do the same thing over and over again. And it just makes me smile and happy and dance in my seat. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I just grin like uh, an idiot yeah, and was, just love this sketch. It was fun to see them revisit it. Uh, I don't think this was the strongest. Um I, I was a little bit disappointed in it. So I was I thought it was fun that we saw it, but I didn't think it was like as strong as some of their past editions. Uh, I mean, a big thing in What's Up With That is we had the random characters coming on and just lots of cast members doing walk-ons. We had Chris Redd as, I played this back several times. Was it Miami Al Sharpton? I'm pretty sure it was Miami Al Sharpton. It was just Al Sharpton in a Hawaiian shirt. What? Well, okay, well, then why wasn't he like Weird Al Sharpton? I think that would have been much funnier. Oh, wow, that would that would have been better. Maybe it was supposed to be Weird Al Sharpton, yeah. but he messed up the lyric. He messed up to, to say it. Yeah, why wasn't? I don't know, but like, whoa, when he why was wasn't it weird? It, it was kind of drowned out by music, so I didn't quite get what he said. So I don't think anybody got the gag. It's just Chris Red in a Hawaiian shirt dancing around, and I think people didn't really know what he was supposed to be. Why wasn't it Weird Al Sharpton? But that would maybe it was, and it just 
like maybe Keenan flubbed the line and said Miami Al Sharpton instead of weird Al Sharpton? I don't know because I, I played it back a couple times. It sounded like he said Miami Al Sharpton. No, he he did, but uh, weird Al Sharpton would have been better. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, SNL hire us as writers. I'm just saying we can make the show better. Well, man, um, uh, yeah, I it felt like it was just badly timed when he was introducing it. I don't know. I could see Maybe that. we should check with the cue card Wally to see if it was weird Al Sharpton or Miami Al Sharpton. Yeah, Wally, um, call in. You know, I guess it's possible Keenan could have misread or misspoke the line. You yeah, know. it could have been. Um, well, yeah, we'll we'll shoot Wally a text or something to see if yeah. we can report on this. Yeah, we're we're um, like that. We're, we are. And we're in the know. Uh, let's see. We we had uh, the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, no, the heebie. It's a Halloween show. We had the heebie-jeebies, and this was uh, who was this? Bowen was in here. Bowen, Ego, and Cecily. They were the heebie-bee-gees because they were like the bee-gees. But they were like ghosts. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I was saying it wrong. Get it? He be yes. BGs. Ha. Yeah. Uh, hello. Oh. Okay. And we had uh, Steve, somebody from the Chicago Cubs. I don't. I don't get what the gag was with this one at all. Uh, do, do you don't remember Steve Bartman from the 2003 playoffs? You don't remember that? But tell me what he did. Maybe I might. All right. So uh, basically. Um, the Cubs were in the 2003 playoffs, and you know, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it was a big game because the Cubs never get got has gotten that far in years and decades. They you know they haven't won yeah. the World Series and whatever. Right. And anyway, uh, I forget what what inning it was, but somebody hit a ball. It looked like it was gonna be a foul ball, but it was still. It looked like it also could have been in play. So, you know, whenever a foul ball goes out, you know, audience, people in the crowd, not audience, people in the crowd like to reach out and try to grab the ball. So this one kid, Steve, right. Steve Bartman, he reached out and grabbed the ball. And, like, it looked like it was going to be a foul ball, but I think to a lot of people they thought it was still in play. So a lot of people got angry at him because the ball, they thought the ball was in play. And anyway, the end of Chicago Cubs, the Chicago Cubs ended up losing the game. And a lot of people blamed Steve. Oh. A lot of people blamed him for like ruining the Cubs game, the chances of going to the World Series. And it was a it was a problem. Like he had to be escorted out by the cops because like the fans wanted to kill him. And like, oh, geez, that's how old was the kid? Uh, he was he was pretty young. I think he was like maybe I mean, like maybe in his 20s, I believe. But yeah, it got so. I know he had a job and everything, but like it got it so bad. Like oh, people, okay. People I, were screw- when, when you said kid, I thought it was like no. a grade school kid. No, no, it wasn't like I don't mean it's kid. Not, he wasn't a child, but he was like you know, like in his twenties or something. But it got so bad. Oh, well, then fuck that <laughs> God damn it! But it, I mean, it got so bad. <laughs> I thought I thought it was going to be like a twelve-year-old, and he was getting escorted out of school. But no, okay. no, I'll I'll, I'll look I, it up. But because it looked like he was in a uniform, I thought it was like one of the players. So. No, no. I'm, I vaguely remember that story, I guess. Uh, yeah, like, it got so bad that he had, like, he was getting, you know, threats and stuff, and he had to, like, leave his job, and he had to, like, leave Chicago. Oh, that's he had to get out of Chicago for a while. It was, like, Jesus. a whole, it was, like, a whole thing. But, Sports uh, fans can be assholes, man. Yeah, a, a lot of fans of a lot of things can be, can be pretty uh, problematic. But, yeah, that was a, that was a huge bummer. But like, but yeah, but people look back on it and say, "Oh no, the ball was going to be a foul ball, so there's no reason for him to go after him." But you know, some fans they just become sick, you know, maniacs. So that's Steve yeah. Bartman. Okay, all right. 
Well, I learned but, a little something. You know, yeah, but it seems like my best to forget that now. Yeah, but it seems like nobody in the audience knew who he was. They were, I think because it happened so long ago, they all kind of forgot. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, the gag has to be immediately clear with this sketch, you know, because you're just bringing in the people. Like the the thing I I still remember years later when they brought in uh, Nassim Parad as uh, the female Grinch, and she was like Grinchina, and she was just dancing around. She's in like a Santa suit, but she's like you know, a sexy Grinch and, and, uh, Keenan's like, go Grinchy, go Grinchy. And then he starts singing the Grinch who gave me a boner. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, that was just funny. It was just a weird thing. And I wanted to see more of that. This didn't, it didn't really get as insane as I would have liked. Okay. I can see that. But yeah, I do understand that because when you're introducing somebody in these sketches, it has to be visually something that the audience can immediately understand. And it has to be something that, Keenan can just shout out in like a sentence so the audience right. can, can get it. And plus he has to shout it out over the music and everything else that's happening. So you, like, yeah. it's not, it has to be something where once the audience I, sees it, they're like, oh, I know what this is. I still don't know what Miami Al Sharpton was supposed to be. Weird I, Al Sharpton, I think you can immediately get. Right. But, I, yeah. So yeah, I, and, I see and what you mean. The other thing that got me was, I don't think they used all the cast in this. How is it we have 21 cast members and we didn't find something for everybody to do, at least in What's Up With That? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Sarah was around. She wasn't She wasn't in the show at all, I don't think. I'm uh, assuming she was on the premises. Yeah. <laughs> she just, you know, was, got cut this week. Uh, Aristotle certainly could have had more to do. Um, yeah, I would have loved to see the new cast members mixing in there a bit or just use everybody. I don't... Yeah, I yeah. I just didn't feel like this was uh, as strong as it usually is for uh, what's up with that standards, and I hope it's not the last ever what's up with that because I I want them to go out on a strong note, you know. Yeah, no, I'm, that's fair enough. I think I like like I said, I was smiling and happy and dancing, but I think that was at just like seeing it. But like if yes. I go back and really examine it and look at it, I was like, oh, this wasn't. I think yeah. I, I think that was just like the rush of me seeing it again for the first time after so long. That I mean, me I think the 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 stuff they did with Nicholas Braun, where he's like having to explain to uh, DeAndre that he is not Lindsay Buckingham, I thought that was a clever way to work around the fact that they didn't have Bill Hader there. It was cute, but yeah, they definitely lost something by not having Bill Hader there. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But yes, I thought overall, I thought I think it was. This was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Next, we have uh, declaration pitch. Uh, this is uh, back uh, in the back in historical times when they're writing the Declaration of Independence, seventeen seventy six, I believe. I mean, if you want to get specific, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to get history right, yeah, all right, yeah. Uh, and we have uh, Andrew Dismukes just tossing in a suggestion. He says, hey, guys, what if we just put a sick-ass treasure map on the back of this thing? <laughs> uh, I just loved how he said that. I just loved his enthusiasm for it. Yeah, sick-ass treasure map. And then, of course, uh, it's the other founding fathers being like, no, that's not, we're not doing that. That's not a thing. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing a national treasure thing. We're not... <laughs> Right. We're just going to declare our independence and talk about why the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, all that good stuff. Um, and, and Andrew Dismukes like clarifies and he's like, no, no, it wouldn't be for babies. It'd be for grownups. And then 
after that, Jason Sudeikis' character starts to get behind the idea of that. Because he, uh, he did, I, I like that he turned. <laughs> yeah, because he did think it was for babies. Yeah, and, and then like, so we could hide clues all over town, and they're like, yeah, like maybe have people do teams, and there's like every team has a strong guy and a smart guy, and you know, oh, you have to get an odd guy and a gadget guy there too. <laughs> yeah, then all the other founding fathers get into it. Uh, the yeah. one that's not into it is um. The one Kyle plays where he's saying, no, we don't need a map on the Declaration of Independence because it's already a map, a map to democracy. Right. And everybody's like, boo. Yeah. And, th- and this one had a real random ending where we had AD and Aristotle come in as people from the future where the Declaration has nothing on the back and people are pissed. Right. So, uh, so at least the violence. So you guys better make sure there's a map in the back there. Of this declaration. Yeah. And, uh, uh, second, second sketch of the night where we had people just come in in smoke. Yeah, that smoke machine got a workout today. It did. It, it, it got did. more screen time. Um, it got more screen time than uh, Sarah. Yeah, it did. Sadly <laughs> enough. Smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when smoke's getting more airtime than you, that's that's not a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> you hear Daryl Hammond um, announce the cast and then say, Smoke Machine! <laughs> Sarah Sherman. Oh, damn it. Now it's got billing over me? <laughs> How does that happen? Sherman comes before smoke. Come on. E- even alphabetically, that shouldn't be. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought this was all right. I, I enjoyed this. Um but I, I felt like they could have taken it a little further somehow. I thought the ending was really random. Yeah, I think it was like a strong beginning, and but it kind of peered out towards the end. It's kind yeah. of kind of fizzled. This, this is kind of like what I was talking about before in the the parent teacher conference sketch. Where like that sketch had a nice strong punchline to get out with. This is one of those sketches that just peters out. Yeah. No. I, and speaking of a uh, peter out, we talk about the final sketch of the night too. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. At this point in the show. I, I was still like very much enjoying the show overall. I have this note in here where I noticed the time after the sketch and I wrote, fuck, it's 1248 and the show is almost over. So Aww. I was still, I still feel like it was a strong show overall. No, no, I do uh, too. The, the show went by quick. Yeah, it did. It did. I, I mean, that's a good sign that you're really enjoying it when it's passing quickly. And uh, our last sketch of the night was Casino Proposal. A uh, couple in Las Vegas, Jason... Sudeikis and Heidi at the bar. They've lost everything because Jason went all in on a pair of fours. Right. And uh, yeah, apparently you shouldn't do that when you're in Vegas. And they uh, ended up losing all that's the... against the rules. I, I mean, who knew? So. who knew? So yeah, so they lost all their money. Uh, they lost the house. They're flat busted. Sudeikis mm-hmm. is feeling very dejected, telling his wife, yeah, you know, you should have married me. Your dad was right. I'm not a man. I'm a fat little girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, then we have, sorry. And then we have Keenan coming in as the creepy rich guy who talks exactly like Keenan Thompson. Mm -hmm. Okay, (laughs) I don't know. Hello, Uh, I am (laughs) Keenan Thompson. (laughs) What kind of? I know. I know that sounds like a bad Bill Cosby. I haven't really worked on my Keenan Thompson impression. (laughs) I was about to say, is is Keenan Thompson on the line with us right now? Wow. He is not. He is not. But. but he makes the uh, indecent proposal thing. 
There are, or you know, the honeymoon in Vegas, which whichever you prefer. I'm more of a honeymoon in Vegas guy. Um, I would agree with that. It's like you take yeah. me to Vegas and you turn me into a hooker, Jack. <laughs> Great movie. Check it yeah, out. He, he makes an offer of one night with your wife for two thousand dollars, <laughs> and then he offers five million, and then he offers ten thousand. Yeah, he's he's not very consistent with this with this price. Yeah, the the price is fluctuating up and down randomly. It just he says, "Oh, we'll meet in the middle, twenty thousand. Yeah, then six million, then fifty thousand. It's like a it's like a deal or no deal, basically. Yes, very much so. I think at one point he started at six million, and then he says, mm-hmm. "Well, I can." And they were like, "Oh, six million. He's like, "Actually, I can do better. Fifty five, fifty thousand. And right. I think Jay says, "How is that better?" And Keaton's like, "Well, it's easier to carry." <laughs> yeah, I, I got a kick out of that uh, line. At, at one point, he he offers three million dollars, but he says doll hairs, and they're like, "Are you saying dollars or doll hairs?" Yeah. And she's uh, she's like, yeah. and he says, "Oh, beauty and smarts." Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy. Uh, I did that. like that that uh, when the sum was really high, uh, uh, he- Heidi is like instantly fine with the idea. She's and and Jason's like you know you'd have to sleep with him. And she's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> she's just like so blasé about sleeping with him. Uh, I thought that was funny. Like That's not even a problem. Right. Pretty fantastic. Right. It's not even an issue. Uh, um, but I, I felt like it was an eh sort of sketch overall. Yeah, I think this sketch had the same problem the uh, declarations sketch had, where it just a strong, a strong enough premise, a good beginning, but... It didn't. It had no ending, really. It just kind of like towards the end of the sketch, it just, just kind of peter out, and they just kind of keep going. Yeah. And like at one point, Jason says, "All right, I don't know. Like, are you crazy? Let me see the money." And then Keenan holds up a invisible suitcase, and then they just kind of do a little bit more yeah. and more bargaining, and then it just kind of ends. It just, I was like, "Yeah, just, like just kind of fizzled out." It was. It was definitely a weak sketch to end the night with. Yeah, I was just like, "Oh, it should like if they had a stronger ending for this." It, this could have been something, mm-hmm. but it just kind of petered, like kind of like what I'm doing now. <laughs> it just kind of petered yeah. and mumbled out. Yeah, but I still feel like it was a solid show overall. I said last week, hey, you know, like worst case scenario, we're going to get at least one or two really strong sketches. And I feel like we got that with, um, uh, I keep forget- forgetting the name, Science Science Room. Room? Science Room. The title is so vague. It's- I blank on it. And and the parent-teacher conference. Those were the two big standouts for me. I would agree with you with that. I think uh, overall, I enjoy this show. Uh, I think the uh, musical performance has definitely elevated it, made it better. Mm-hmm. Um, like a parent-teacher conference was great. Uh, science room was great. And, I, and uh, there was a good energy throughout the whole thing. And I think Sudeik has kind of you know, helped with that. Like his his yeah. like sort of good nature, his willing, willingness to like really go all in and all these sketches and he really elevated the material throughout it, even though with some of the sketches, the material wasn't really quite there. But like, yeah. I think I enjoyed seeing him and seeing what he brought to it and what he did with the material. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun. I, I knew he was going to be a good host and he did, he did not disappoint. I mean, and I was still pretty happy with the show overall. I think it was a pretty solid show. I definitely think it's the best of the season so far. Um, Yeah, I would say it's a, yeah, I would say it's a little bit better than the Rami. I really, like, I still like the Rami Malik sketch, but yeah, I would put the, this one just a little bit above that, just uh, just for the musical guest alone. 
Yeah, you really liked that, Brandy. Yeah, Carter, it sounds like who dog is. Um, uh, and I, I really liked Jason had another nice, sincere moment during the good nights. He said, uh, you know, when they say you can't come home, that's BS. You can. And it's really nice sometimes. So, so in your face, Thomas Wolf. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're full of shit. Yeah. What do you know? I take I, I take I get my stuff from Ted Lasso. He He knows what's really going on. That's right. Yeah. You can just go home with your novel pop published posthumously in 1940 yeah huh. hit the yeah hit the bricks fella extracted from the context of a contents of a vast unpublished manuscript the october fair huh. yeah what you said yeah 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 suck it thomas wolf yeah suck suck the boys <laughs> yeah uh yes yeah, so let's but, check but remember the balls because right the, the sister likes it when you remember the balls. That's right. She don't, says that's important. That's right. Don't forget them. <laughs> don't forget them. It's like the Alamo. Never You're forget. taking one thing away from SNL this week. Just remember, you know, don't, don't, don't take that away. Don't, a, don't forget the balls. <laughs> oh don't forget my ball sack. Uh, guys, let's, <laughs> guys, let's talk about our Twitter account. We got, uh, we don't. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we go to the Twitter what? account, one more thing. They announced who the host is going to be when SNL returns oh, on November 6th. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got um, uh, uh, Karen Culkin and uh, Ed Sheeran as a musical guest. Yeah. That's, that's pretty solid, right? Not too bad. Uh, Kieran Culkin, of course, brother of Macaulay. Uh, right now, he's a big deal on uh, HBO Succession, which is a, yeah. a huge, uh, huge, huge hit. For HBO. And oddly enough, uh, his brother Macaulay hosted almost exactly 30 years ago. Really? Like almost to the day. Woo. Yeah. Nice. I actually think, um, I remember seeing on Twitter some people pulling pictures from when he hosted saying that Kieran Culkin was actually in a few sketches with Macaulay. On yeah, the- he was like an extra. Um, but yeah, uh, Macaulay Culkin, he hosted on November 23rd, 1991. So yeah, he'll just be uh, a couple weeks shy of... Yeah. Uh, 30 years. That's, I, I, that's pretty amazing. I believe he was the youngest uh, kid, the person to host the show, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, apparently, according to uh, SNL Wiki, he was the second youngest person to ever host because he was 11, uh, but Drew Barrymore hosted in 1982 at the age of seven. Ah, seven? God. But, but, you know, she was able to stay up late because she was doing lots of cocaine. Oh, God. Um, what am I wrong? I, uh, yeah, I, uh, mm. look, I probably not. I don't know what age she went to rehab at, but I mean, she was like 13 or 12 or something obscenely young like that. Good gravy. She had her troubles, but she came out the other side. She did. Yeah. She's still, she's still with us now. So we can, we can laugh at it and we cannot get our lawyers involved. <laughs> when this podcast comes out, so let's not let's all laugh yeah, at this. Okay, ha, ha, ha. that's fair. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Kieran Culkin hosting. I I've liked him in the things I've seen him. I have not watched uh, Succession yet, but I've been I've seen them pop up on a lot of uh, late night talk shows lately. Yeah, I mean, so. Kieran's I'm um, Kieran's done like a lot of also indie movies. He was in one of my favorite movies, uh, you know, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Which I st- oh yeah, he's great in that. I st- yeah, yeah I st- Scott Pilgrim's roommate. Yeah, yeah, I still think that movie's super underrated. It's a fucking, it's a banger. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it too. I think he's a you know super funny guy and 
good, great actor. I think he'll be able to do some really great stuff here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like Ed Sheeran. I enjoy his music, so it'll be fun to have him as a musical guest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. This, this is, uh, I think that I got a good feeling, good, good vibe. He's got a feeling. But yeah, we got we got a few replies to the uh, to the the questions and comments about the show. Uh, what do we want to see? We we got a comment from uh, Mikey, our friend Mikey, and Nick Store. Oh, Nick Store sent something. Nick Store sent something. Uh, you want to read Mikey's, and I, I'll read Nick Store. Uh, sure. Yeah, I don't see Nick Store's, but yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Mikey says the show was everything I hoped it would be. Such a great fun energy all around and really felt like a solid season 36 or 37 show, especially with the pre-tapes. Strong throughout mm-hmm. and great to see more of Melissa, Alex, and Cecily and J.A.J. Already, and J.A.J. already feels like a season cast member. And uh, yeah, I agree. This one was, uh, we saw more, a good amount of Melissa in this one, a good amount of Kyle mm-hmm. in it. Kyle's in a, a bunch of sketches in this one, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle's become a more versatile uh, performer than I would have guessed. Yeah, so he, he did. He did a nice job as the dad in the parent-teacher conference sketch. Nice support from him there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick Store, that store with two R's. He says this was a great episode. Not perfect, but the best in a good few seasons. Had me smiling throughout. Loved Brandy's second song too. Liked the science room sketch. I'd forgotten about the others. Really liked. JS's nods to us. Oh, Jason Sudeikis' nods to us with the phone as the devil and with Alex as Biden. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I'll. So, yeah, I think that's the thing about this episode where it, uh, like some of the sketches probably weren't the best, especially towards the end, but the energy mm-hmm. was there. And I think that kind of helped, helped sort of outshine maybe the, the faults that the writing and some of the scripts had. Yeah. And, uh, Manette Moratti, uh, replied to one of our other tweets. She says, uh, I would have liked Melissa's piece to stay on though. Uh, agreed. Yeah. I would have liked that, uh, seeing that on the show. And let's see, there's one more thing. I think if I can find it, um, yeah, my old, uh, roommate, uh, Scott Hume, uh, said easily the best episode of the year, and it's not done yet. Ooh. So that he he posted that while the show was still going on. <laughs> done yet? It is now done. Now it has now been over for over twelve hours as we're recording this, and it will have been over for over forty eight hours by the time you're listening to this. I think if I did the math, Look at, at least thirty six. Uh, Somewhere I, between 36 and 48. I don't know. I don't know fractions, people. Ah, damn it. I was just about to say that. You beat, oh, you beat me to it. Well played, sir. I well did. played. <laughs> Miss Fang. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed the show, and it was I got a kick out of the fact that we predicted a lot correctly. That That is, yeah. We're, we're Guys, listen to this podcast. We can tell you, we can predict pretty well what's going to happen on this show. We have our ears to the, the stone, the grindstone. Is that how it goes? Yeah, that, that's the body part you put on the grindstone. There you go. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, you know, follow us on the on the social media, and we always like to have the conversation going. So yeah, give us a follow at SNL Nerds Show on the Twitter, and you can also follow our individual accounts on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Trumbull Comic. That's 
T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L, and the word comic. And I'm at Darren Credible on Twitter and Instagram. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. And uh, so SNL is dark next week. Uh, it's going to be Halloween when we're recording it. It's going to be November 1st when the episode comes out. What are we going to do, Darren Patterson? All right, Tron Trumbull, this, this, this episode. What are we going to do? What are we, well, who, who are we going to call? This. Who are we going to call? <laughs> that is my question. That is the essence of my question. Right. Yes. Dude, this episode we're going to do next, it's something people have been asking about for a while, specifically my sister. Um, yeah. This movie is, um, to say this is one of my favorite movies of all times is an understatement. This, I love this movie. This movie is important to me. This movie has a, a, a special place in my heart. This might be one of the few movies that I don't need to rewatch because I've seen it so many times and I have it committed to memory uh ladies and gentlemen in honor of halloween we're doing it folks ki- uh, c- folks and family we're doing it 1984 ghostbusters ghostbusters the original ghostbusters uh no no ghostbusters 2 no ghostbusters remake which we still haven't seen at this point uh but yeah the the new ghostbusters afterlife that's opening on november 19th and we wanted to at least cover the original Ghostbusters before that came out. So, right, yeah, I think this is our chance. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll we'll try to cover Ghostbusters two and uh, the Ghostbusters uh, reboots mm-hmm. at some other time. But I mean, we we've been talking about this, doing this episode about this movie for the longest, and we were going to do it last year, but then you know the world died. So we're going to try to yes. pick it up and do it again, and we're going to do it justice. Yeah. We're going to do it properly. We're going to do it right because my, it's, I mean, it's Ghostbusters, man. It's Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's Ghostbusters. I mean, uh, yeah, not to not to spoil it too much, but yeah, we like this movie, you guys. Yeah, this is gonna be like I'm. It's it's I'm gonna gush all over this movie like you've never seen it. You, th- you thought I gushed like Ooh. MacGruber. Hold on to your horses. Well, so we're we're gonna have some ectoplasmic residue left yeah. over on this movie. I think. <laughs> I feel so funky. Someone blows her nose, and you want to say that? <laughs> yeah. Are you Alice yeah. menstruating right now? <laughs> All right, let's not quote the whole thing. I mean, I could yeah, if you want. Come back. No, save it for next week. Save it for next week. <laughs> so next week, November first, we're going to be doing Ghostbusters. The flowers are still standing. Yes. So yeah, please uh, join us uh, for that. Uh, we may possibly have a special guest as well. We'll let you know. And uh, but until then, nerds okay. out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.